Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Abby's Book Reviews podcast style. Here we're going to talk about books, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Today, we're going to be talking about the famed A Court of Thorns and Roses series by the lovely Sarah J. Mass. And everybody knows this series, so if you don't, you have had to be living under a rock. So starting off, I loved everything about the first book and frankly, like the entire series. The characters, my favorite being Farah, and don't come for me, she's a classic girl boss. I mean, really in the first book, who else do you have to root for? Tampon? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Tamlin. But let's really get into this, okay? So I know that there is a lot of controversy surrounding Pharaoh's relationship with Tamlin. Some people hate him, or like me, some people think he's not all bad. I'm thinking it's a good idea to explain my side of thinking when it comes to thinking that Tamlin isn't such a bad guy, and here's my reasoning. Tamlin was Pharaoh's first love, and I'm not talking about like, oh, he's cute. I mean like, her true first love. And everybody knows that when you first fall in love, you can be blind to that person's flaws. I mean, you've seen it in I don't even know how many movies, TV shows, anything. Like, when you fall in love with somebody for the first time, you're blind to everything that is bad about them. Like, all you can see is everything good. Um... And I really, I really do think that that's what happened to Farah. I mean, because like from a reader's point of view, we can all obviously see that he's not a great guy. But I mean, from Farah's point of view, like her mom died when she was young. And so she had to step up and be like the provider for the house, you know, so she really didn't get like, the chance to grow up, like, she was thrown right into the deep end of the pool and expected to provide for her family because her dad couldn't, um, and so when she gets that first opportunity and chance to, like, finally let somebody else take care of her, she's gonna turn to the first person that gives her attention, and that person is Tamlin, although we all hate it, Sometimes you gotta go through the bad relationships to get to the really good ones. And, like, don't think, I don't know, that locking her in the house was a really bad idea, because it was. It was terrible to leave her locked up and then not even try and help her through all of her trauma with the whole situation after the under the mountain like that poor girl had so much trauma and he was just he was not gonna deal with it and so obviously we all know that he's not a bad guy but or he is a bad guy oh my goodness but I really think his intentions were good when he locked her in the house because he didn't want to lose her again like he watched Amarantha snap Feyre's neck under the mountain so of course his way of dealing with 
that trauma is like locking her in the house so that she can never like get hurt again. And I do think that those are his true intentions, but they were overshadowed by his actions when he locked her in the house. We all know that is not the way to deal with trauma, but sometimes you have bad things that you do in the spur of a moment because in that moment that's all you can think of to do. But anyway, I don't think his intentions were bad when he locked her in the house, they were just carried out in the wrong way. So that's my opinion on Tamlin. And now we're moving past that whole relationship because that relationship was just madness. And now we can talk about Mr. Reese, everybody's favorite character in the book. Although mine is as, as is way better. Uh, but here we see Reese and, and I mean, he saved, he saved Feyre, right? This poor girl was so depressed and traumatized after being under the mountain and having to be put through all those insane life challenges and like, you know, either you figure out how to read or you die or good luck, I'm going to throw you in this giant disgusting smelling pit with this worm that's going to kill you, try and find your way out. So, you know, Reese, we all love him, but he was kind of thrown in the deep end with fixing Feyre too. And like, yes, yes, we all know that they're soulmates and they are amazing together. But he, <laughs> he had so much to fix but oof I mean that was a that was a lot to try and fix but he does he does it and he helps her recover and he gets to see her happy and oh my goodness can we please take a second to talk about the beauty that is Starfall. I mean, wow. What a beautiful scene in the book. You know, here we see Feyre's shell like really cracking and we get to see what she's truly like when she's not trying so hard to provide for her family and putting everybody else's happiness before her own. Like, here we really get to see her blossom into the character and person that she's supposed to be, you know? And uh, that scene where she smiles for the first time after I don't even know how long, months, and Reese's reaction is just so pure. I mean, he's... I'm, Jesus Christ, he's, like, so shocked that... Uh, that scene is just, that was a beautiful scene. But going back to their relationship, we really do get to see her become a great character and we get to see him 
become a great character because when he's first introduced he's supposed to be this bad guy because everybody thinks that Tamlin is going to be the savior when really like the roles are reversed and Reese ends up being this great guy and their oh their relationship is it's just beautiful but oh my goodness Let's talk about the third book, A Court of Wings and Ruin. When I tell you that this book is good, I mean, this is one of the best books I have ever read. Like usual, Mass does a fantastic job of keeping you on edge, wanting to turn every page. In my opinion, chapters 60 to the end are the best, because that's where it really starts to pick up. And let me tell you, there were tears of frustration and laughter. Because right, Reese is as cocky as ever, and we get to see even more of Cassie and Asriel and more, who are the inner circle people that we all love, as well as a slew of new characters. We also learn a lot of dark secrets that will have you gasping out loud. And I mean, when I say gasping out loud, I physically gasped I was like no freaking way this whole series is amazing I mean I don't think anybody really ever wants the series to end I think we all are agreed that Sarah J Mass needs to keep writing these books forever these are going to be her best sellers forever because nobody wants the series to end And, my goodness, let's all talk about the part in A Court of Wings and Ruin that we do not want to talk about. And that is when they are on the battlefield and Feyre and Reese are fixing the cauldron because it is broken. And here we see another classic example of doing something for somebody that you love, even when it means doing detrimental damage to your own well-being. And here is that example, and that is when they're fixing the cauldron, and Feyre needs just a little bit more power, and so Reese is like, okay. And he gives Feyre everything that he has and says, I love you one more time, and then he is gone. And the bond is broken. And when I tell you that I was screaming at the book, I was quite literally screaming at the book. I was so, so upset because we got introduced to this character and we fell in love with him and we saw what a great person he was and how he made her so happy. And then Sarah just has to go and cut him off like that. Like... Oh, I was so mad. I don't even have words. But here we go. Here we go. This is my final reasoning as to why I don't think Tamlin is a terrible person. And that is because we have a little bit of character redemption. And he gives Feyre the last little bit of magic that he or she needs to bring Reese back. And he says, I think he says, 
I hope that you're happy. And he gives her the magic and he just leaves. And a little bit of character redemption, okay? Because he went from being this guy that was in love with her, doing things with good intentions in a bad way, to being a complete jerk in the second and third book. And then finally having some character redemption with giving her the one thing that she needs in life to be happy and that is Reese. So we see a little bit of character redemption at the end which is really nice because secretly I was kind of rooting for him the whole time because I didn't want him to be this bad guy because I I saw like as the series went on that maybe he wasn't like the ass that we all thought he was and he was actually a good person who was just in a lot of pain because he had lost a lot of things in life and so there's a little bit of character redemption for you maybe he's not the classic villain that you want him to be and you know, I'm just, I'm happy because I didn't want him to turn out to be the bad guy for the, you know, never any redemption, just like permanently the bad guy. So I was pretty happy about that, but moving on, because if I continue to talk about character redemption, I don't think anybody is ever going to want to hear me do another podcast. Let's talk about A Court of Silver Flames. Now this book was released this year and it is the not hopefully not the last book but the newest book that we have in the series and this one is really interesting because I thought it was going to be another Feyre and Reese story or Faye Sand story I love that ship name um but we actually get to see a story from a new point of view that we really didn't get to see much of this character in the trilogy and for those of you who haven't read the book yet, um, A Court of Silver Flames is from Nesta's point of view. So we get to see everything having to do with Nesta. And it was really, really such a good story, okay? Because we see everything from Nesta's point of view. And the book starts out, and Nesta's not doing so great. Because she just lost her dad in the last book things aren't going so well for her she's depressed she's angry she's still angry because she doesn't want to be a fae and she was kind of forced into that and so she's pretty mad about that so she just has a lot of a lot of anger and frustration and hate um in her being and so the book starts out and Ness is not doing so great. She's spending so much money. She has herself in this huge pile of debt. She's constantly drinking. She's having sex with anything that walks by. I mean, poor Nesta. She's just kind of like, she's not doing so hot. And this book is so great because we get to see her start to heal and learn and she gets to rebuild herself really and it was such a beautiful plot 
And Sarah did such a wonderful job of showing how no matter what, there is always a bright side and that you can learn to rebuild anything that life throws you. And here's a quote from the book. And I love this quote because it, it really, it can be applied to anything and it really speaks to anybody. And that quote is, everyone is worthy of love. And I think it's such an important quote because it really can be applied to anyone and everything in any situation because everybody is worthy of love. You know, even if you don't think that you are, you are, no matter what, like you are worthy of love and you deserve to be loved. Um... I mean, we see we see a, a huge character redemption arc in A Court of Silver Flames because Nesta learns to heal, although the journey is not an easy one. And this book did have me crying um, a couple of times because it was, I mean, it was so beautiful. But, I mean, she's, she's showing you, you know, maybe a loosely based true story or a story that anybody can relate to because we've all gone through those really hard times where we just think nothing's going to get better and life is so terrible. But here she goes showing you that you're worthy of love and you can rebuild your life and that everything has a bright side no matter the situation. And seeing this story come to an end definitely wasn't easy. There were a lot of times in this last book that I was I was crying because it was such a raw, true story. You know, there's no sugarcoating in A Court of Silver Flames. Like, you really see Nesta at her worst and then at her best. Um, you know, if I had the choice, I definitely want to live in Valeris forever, constantly at Feyre and Reese's side. And I really think that these characters have become something of a family for everybody and every reader that has taken the time to read this series. So Reese is definitely like the cunning but funny older brother. Feyre is the younger sister we wish we all had. Cassian is the annoying but lovable twin. Moore is the cool cousin that gets the best gifts and is always the life of the party at every family situation. Asriel, well, <laughs> he's Asriel. And I did hear that in 2023, she was releasing a new book. So I think we all kind of know that it's going to be Elaine's story. But the question is, is she going to end up with Lucian like she's supposed to? Or is she going to flip the tables and is she going to end up with Asriel? Although there are some Asriel and Gwen shippers out there, and I definitely am on your guys' side with that. I love Gwenriel. I want it to become a thing, but realistically, I don't think it's going to. 
because she's not a core character in the book. Um, Nesta is definitely our fierce protector. And you really get to see Nesta at her best protection-wise in A Court of Silver Flames. Um, there are some chapters where she she goes and she goes really hard. Uh, Elaine is the gentle, calming presence. Oh, and our favorite underrated character, Amran, <laughs> is the one that keeps everybody in line. And you know, I really, I really would like to see more of Amran. She was an interesting character in the book series. And I'm really hoping maybe that she gets her own book as well. Um, because I would like to know a little bit more about her story. Just because we didn't get very much. So I think it would be something that's really interesting to um, definitely hear. But I definitely want to get more of Azriel's story because... I want to like I want to know more about his family dynamic because we're introduced briefly to it, but we don't really get a lot of details. And you know, it will be sad to say goodbye, but I know that they will all be living happily in Valeris, definitely waiting for every reader to come say hello again. So, with a smile on my face, I say a happy goodbye to the world of Perinthian and everybody in it. Well, all right, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed this first podcast of mine. Um, as you can see, we got a little in-depth. We got into the character dynamics, the relationships, everything about them. And I hope to see you all next time. For now, here's Abby signing out.